my daughter was actually diagnosed with ADHD through some evaluations with her school teachers and her primary care doctor. We decided that she was going to be put on medication for it as well. And going through that entire process with the evaluation and the questions that they were asking, I slowly started to realize that I had a lot of those traits and I knew I needed to get myself evaluated. From the Understood Podcast Network, this is ADHD AHA, a podcast where people share the moment when it finally clicked that they, or someone they know, has ADHD. My name is Laura Key. I'm the editorial director here at Understood. And as someone who's had my own ADHD aha moment, I'll be your host. I'm here today with Lacey Armstrong. Lacey is the mother of three kids. She lives in South Carolina and is a marketing manager of the Charlotte Soccer Academy. She also coaches two teams, has a daughter with ADHD, and has ADHD herself. Welcome, Lacey. Thank you, Laura. I'm so excited to be here. Tell me what it was like for Candace to go through the evaluation process and what that brought up for you. Yeah, so it was super interesting. It was also really hard and difficult to deal with, but she was having a lot of issues in grade school as far as reading and paying attention, forgetting everything. And so for years, we worked with her teachers on doing just some behavior modification things, extra checklists, sitting in front of the class. Her teachers would give her extra time on tests. And when we really realized that it was not working and we were having her evaluated with her primary doctor, Doctor, ADHD came into the picture. And so we realized that, yeah, she was diagnosed with ADHD. And I mean, it was multiple visits. People think, oh, you just got diagnosed. No, it was like multiple visits to the doctors, multiple things that the teachers had to fill out and um, give to the doctors to let them know what they were experiencing in the classroom as far as her attention span and her being able to finish tasks without having to be told multiple times. We filled out this questionnaire and she like answered high in almost every category except the hyperactivity. She had no problem sitting in a chair. Like she could sit in a chair, but she was not listening to you. <laughs> so she got diagnosed and we started her on a, on a medication regimen. For those listening, there are three different types of ADHD. There's ADHD that's predominantly hyperactive and impulsive presentation. There's ADHD that yes. is predominantly inattentive presentation. It sounds like that's Candace, right? Yep, exactly. And then the third yep. one is ADHD combined presentation. But that second one, that predominantly inattentive presentation, is what people often refer to as ADD, which ADD right. is ADHD. It's just, it's a subtype of ADHD. So Lacey, you have ADHD. Yes. <laughs> so going through those questions with Candace, I started realizing these questions that maybe she wasn't answering as far as the fidgeting goes and the feeling like you're on a motor and you're constantly on the go. Maybe she answered those. No, she wasn't like that. I was though, a hundred percent. But then you also have to add in, I also lose things all the time. I start a task before I finish the other one. I have to be reminded of what I'm doing constantly. I get hyper fixated on certain hobbies. So as we're going through this questionnaire with her doctors, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like my world is just kind of opening up and I'm understanding myself. And when the doctors even asked, they're like, is anyone in your family ADHD or ADD? And I was like, I probably am. I don't know. I've never been diagnosed. <laughs> 
Yeah. So like shortly after getting her diagnosed, I got sent to a, a psychiatrist who in 2019 diagnosed me with the third, the one that you described about the combined ADHD. What did that process feel like to you? Did you have doubts? Were you relieved? Tell me how you felt. I was shocked because one, I felt like everything was making sense for once in my life. Everyone would say, how do you do everything that you do? And it's not that I, I felt like I never had a choice. It was like just a like physical impulse to be everywhere, do everything, run on a motor. And so when I'm sitting down there with the psychiatrist that's going over these questions with me and asking me all sorts of wild things pertaining to how I grew up and my childhood, everything was making sense. Tell me about growing up. Like what kinds of things were coming into place for you? I was a person that was involved in every sport possible, everything that I could compete in, swimming, lacrosse, soccer, anything that I could do. But then also on top of that, I was doing chess club, chorus, band, anything that I could learn and challenge myself. Now, I might not be really good at all of those things, but I get hyper fixated and I'd want to do all those things. Also, if I wasn't challenged in school, I was not paying attention and I was on to the next thing, which is for me, it was I figured that ADHD people are, it's not that they're not smart and it's not that they can't finish tasks. It's that if they're not challenged, which I had a lot of, I was in GT classes, high level. If you're not challenged, you get bored and you tune everything out. And that's why you get bad grades. Also doing homework. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing homework. Yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> totally. ADHD has nothing to do with intelligence. You know, it's not a no. mark of whether or not you're quote unquote smart or not smart. It's about those executive functioning skills and like task management. Exactly. And I, I was like, everything I did growing up was directly related to, is this going to give me enjoyment right now? And if it's not, I'm not doing it. And if I want to break rules, I'm going to break rules. If I don't want to listen to this person, I'm not going to. <laughs> like I was like, oh my goodness. It wasn't that I was a bad kid. It was just I didn't have anything to help me with my ADHD besides sports. Sports really, really helped me. And if I didn't have sports, I don't even know where I would be right now. Totally. I was a hardcore volleyball and basketball player growing up. I didn't get really? diagnosed till I was 30. And sports, I mean, looking back, I'm like, what would I have done had it not been for sports? Yeah. Yeah. And it's perfect for ADHD people because the competition, you have to be the best. <laughs> like, I yeah. feel like that's pretty common. And that physical exertion just to get your brain going, your dopamine going, you know, endorphins, anything to get that naturally. looking back, I realized that I didn't have a lot of friends. Like I didn't have many close friends. I always felt like kind of an outsider. And I've talked to a lot of ADHD people that say that that's very common for them. I just, I felt like I never got along with people or they didn't ever understand me. Well, tell me more about that. What is it that you think was causing that or what do you think they didn't get? I don't know. I, I It could just be anxiety overall, but I just always felt like I never fit in. And I don't know if it was just my mind was constantly thinking while people were talking to me. <laughs> so I couldn't be in the moment. That was something that I found out later too. It was like someone was talking to me, but I could not pay attention to what they were saying. I was listening to what was going on in the background. And I remember that was getting worse and worse as I was getting older. And I was like, there's got to be something to stop that. But I feel like maybe me not fitting in was I never was really in the moment. My brain was just constantly going. Yeah, I relate to that. I was... 
I had a high school guidance counselor who I'm still close with today. She's just a wonderful woman. When I told her much later in life that I have ADHD, she's like, you know, Laura, I remember this time that we were trying to like talk to you or interview you for something and you were running around because you couldn't figure out where you had left your backpack and you were freaking <laughs> out because you didn't know where your backpack was and nobody could get you to pay attention to them because you were so hyper-focused on finding your yes. backpack. She's one of those people who she, when she retells a story, she'll tell it to you every single time you talk to her. I love it. Oh, yes. I like. oh. And she reminds me of that every single time. And like, oh. <laughs> to me, it wasn't noticeable, but to her, it just stuck out. That's really funny that you say that about the backpack because if I'm looking for something or I need to do something and then, you know, my kids are asking me things or my husband is asking me things. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I'm my like, gosh. I can't, I can't focus right now. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that came out of my mouth exactly the way that yeah. you said it. <laughs> yes. And if there's too much noise, if there's too many people asking me too many questions, it's like my temper just goes through the roof. It's crazy. And I'm like... Now that I'm aware, I tell my husband or my kids, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm getting a little overwhelmed. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, uh-oh. They're like, stop. Don't talk to mom. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, my God, Lacey. I do the exact same thing. My kids are three and five, and they're like, mom's getting upset. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, okay, all right. We'll be quiet. Oh, just for yeah. one second. I can't even hear myself think. <laughs> I know. And it's poor things because, like, my time that I get to spend with them is after work, obviously, and when they're back from school and preschool and my medication has worn off at that point. So it's like, oh. I really have to like rein it in if I'm going to be on yes. with them. Yes. And not only you have to deal with mom guilt because now you're like, oh, I God. really do want to spend time with them. And I really do want to hear about their day. And I do want to listen to their little stories about whatever they want to say. But a lot of ADHD people need that isolation when they get done with work. You can't have any more socializing. It doesn't matter if it's your kids, your husband, you need quiet. I'll find myself like in the car and it's just quiet. And I'm like, oh, this is so nice because my brain just needs a moment to transition. And I feel bad sometimes because I want to talk to my kids, but I'm like, I can't do it. I can't <laughs> mentally do it. I know. God, I, I'm going to stop saying how much I'm relating to what you're saying because it's going to sound like a broken record. But man, like <laughs> I get so excited all day to see my kids when they come home. But that time when they're home and I'm finishing work, I just need to walk away. And bless my husband. He's amazing and he knows. And yeah. you know, he helps out in that regard. But yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Now, is your husband ADHD or neurodivergent in any way? No, he's just French. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so blunt and just tells it like it is. <laughs> okay, <Yes>. got it. <laughs> can't believe I just said that. See, okay, so like that's a good transition because I you've mentioned before about oversharing. Yes, okay. <laughs> is this a new thing for you? Has this been since you can remember? Tell me about oversharing. So, okay, this is not a new thing, but I'm newly self-aware, if you will, because as I was diagnosed with ADHD and my daughter was diagnosed with ADHD, I wanted to read and learn everything there was available about ADHD and behavior modification, behavior therapy, all kinds of things. So as I'm reading through material, I'm starting to read other people's stories. And there's this thing that ADHD people do where they 
just talk a lot because either it's like they're just nervous or they, they don't want like silence or they don't want to, <laughs> you know, they just want to keep the conversation going. So oversharing is a big characteristic for ADHD people, at least for me it is. And I now am so aware when I'm oversharing that it's like cringy. I think about it afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, why did I say all that? That was not needed. I'll tell you a, a story. I was at the soccer fields. It was after one of the games that I coached and I saw a friend of mine from an old neighborhood that I used to live in and we were just chatting and it was just a normal chat. Hey, how are you? You know, the casual. She was like, how are the kids doing? I was like, you know, they're great. I said, but I think, I think we're done. I think we're done and I'm getting an IUD next week. And, you know, because, well, I wasn't going to get one, you know, a couple years ago because, you know, I had the leap procedures and I, I had like some stuff on, you know, my cervix. And I was just kept going and going. I was like, okay, when am I going to shut up because this is like way like we're talking about I wish you guys about the kids and I'm like all of a sudden now we're talking about my cervix I'm like really like does this need to be stated I actually relate to that too but I'm not going to explain why <laughs> okay well first of all I think that more people should be open about birth control I'm just going to say Absolutely. that and then let it go to the side this is not a podcast about birth control but okay so that happened you get home What's your thought process? Like, how do you treat yourself after something like that happens? I usually replay the conversation. And I'm like, how did I get to talking about that? And I'm like, why did I? Does she think that that was crazy? Is she like, wow, that was personal? Or, I mean, I know her. She's probably like, whatever, that's fine. But I constantly replay it. I'm like, was that oversharing? Was that, what was that? What? Why did I say that? I'm like, oh, that's just my ADHD. So then eventually I forget about it, but there'll be a couple days of me just dwelling on it. And then I'll tell my husband and he laughs at it. He thinks it's hilarious. He thinks all of my oversharing stories are funny. Unless it's about him. Then he's like, why did you do that? I'm like, see, no one is safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of like... I'm mean to myself, which I'm working on, and I'm working on therapy, which it's like constantly, you know, I wouldn't let my kids be mean to themselves, so I have to treat myself with some kindness and some grace, but I'm aware of everything I say now, which is hard. Yeah. I almost liked being, like, ignorant, but... <laughs> We've written on our website about ADHD and feelings of remorse and how that feeling of remorse can be, like, you can perseverate or get obsessed with feeling bad about what you've done when you do something that, especially now you have this self-awareness, right? Which is beautiful. Exactly. You overshared, you maybe were a little bit impulsive and in sharing information. And then because you're aware of it, you come home and you like, you ruminate on it, right? You spin. Yes. And that can be related to trouble with managing emotions, which is also yes. part of ADHD. Yes, absolutely. It can be a vicious cycle. And I want to control it. I just can't. And so what I feel like I need to do is give myself more grace and understand it's okay to overshare. And that's who you are. I mean, honestly, I'm very authentic. I truly believe that. But sometimes I'm like, people don't always appreciate your authentic self. And have you heard of masking where oh, yeah. ADHD people mask who they are so that way they feel accepted? And maybe, oh, tying back into how I said I felt like I didn't belong. So I felt like I was constantly masking. I was trying to be relatable. So now that I'm trying to be my authentic self, I'm like, okay, that's who I am. I'm impulsive. As long as I'm not hurting anyone, I think that's mm -hmm. just who I am. And I have to learn to appreciate and love that about myself. And that maybe, like you said, we do need to talk about birth control or whatever <laughs> we want to talk about, you know? Yeah. First of all, I bet people love that about you. One thing I love about ADHD, it brings a lot of spice of life, right? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it brought you here. I'm grateful yeah, that you're here. I am too. And it really is nice. I mean, you know, you keep saying that you relate to that, but for me, it feels good to hear that because then I know that I'm not alone and that it's not just a me thing and that there are the people that feel exactly how I feel. I mean, that feels really good to be related to. So we have the numbers and we are powerful, Lacey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to talk more about Candace and I want to hear about your relationship with Candace. Does she know that you have ADHD as well? Yes. I remember telling her that I was going to go get tested for ADHD as well. And she was like, you are? She was very excited for me. And I feel like we've been closer since I was diagnosed. And now we can both talk about we've had medicine increases, both of us, because I started on a very low dose and it's only been, you know, three years and she started on a low dose. We've had medicine increases and medicine isn't the end. It's not the key to ADHD. It's just something to help you, right? It's just a tool. Mm -hmm. And so we still have <laughs> a lot of things that we forget and that we can't correct. You know, we just have to be aware of it. And so when she forgets things like the other day, literally, my husband went to go pick up her soccer bag from her dad's house. She gets back to the house and her cleats aren't in the bag. So then we have to go back to the house to go get it. And this just happened yesterday. This is, I mean, but it's constant. And so we both are like aware of that and say, it's okay because we both have ADHD. We both are forgetting things and we can commiserate together. So it definitely has brought us closer. I look back on it now and I'm very thankful that I was diagnosed later in life to be able to tell her like, it's all good. You know, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It's just something that we're going to both work on together. And we laugh at each other a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. You have that little shorthand. Yes, we do. And we'll be like, oh, my ADHD is acting up again. And, <laughs> and she laughs. And, and even my younger kids, like they laugh. And, and my middle child's very serious. And he will say, does it make you sad that you have ADHD and that you forget everything? <laughs> Aww. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm like, because I forget sometimes that I have ADHD. So no, <laughs> I, I, no, it doesn't make me sad. <laughs> Lacey, it was so nice to have you here. Seriously, so much fun to talk to you. I relate to so much of your story. Thanks for coming by. Same. Likewise, it was so nice to talk to someone that relates to everything that I'm going through. So <laughs> thank you for having me and letting me be a part of your podcast. You've been listening to ADHD AHA from the Understood Podcast Network. You can listen and subscribe to ADHD AHA on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you like what you heard today, tell someone about the show. We rely on listeners like you to reach and support more people. And if you want to share your own AHA moment, email us at ADHDAHA at understood.org. I'd love to hear from you. You can go to you.org slash ADHDAHA to find details on each episode and related resources. That's the letter U as an understood dot O-R-G slash ADHD AHA. Understood is a nonprofit and social impact organization. We have no affiliation with pharmaceutical companies. Learn more at understood.org slash mission. ADHD AHA is produced by Jessamine Molly. Say hi, Jessamine. Hi, everyone. Justin D. Wright created our music. 
Seth Melnick and Brianna Berry are our production directors. Scott Koshier is our creative director. And I'm your host, Laura Key, editorial director at Understood. Thanks so much for listening.